This episode of the Marketing That Works podcast and today's featured interview is brought to you by Design Pickle. Design Pickle is the world's number one flat rate graphic design platform that provides unlimited professional design work for thousands of businesses. The platform is so easy to use. Clients can just sign up and can start submitting design requests right away while Design Pickle will match them with one of their friendly and responsive designers. All Design Pickle plans include unlimited requests and revisions, native Adobe source files, a Zapier integration, and world-class support, all backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to designpickle.com today, check them out. I think you guys will love it from a graphic design perspective. Now, let's get into the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Marketing That Works podcast. I'm your host, Drew Bedard. With me, as always, is Leighton Hart. Leighton, how are you, buddy? I'm so good this morning. So good. We are going to jump right into our featured interview today. We are humbled and honored to have this guy who's who's an author, a speaker. He's a husband. He's a father. He is a baseball owner, baseball team owner that we're going to talk and dive into in uh, great detail, but really, really honored to have on the show, Mr. Jesse Cole. Jesse, welcome to the show. I am fired up to be with you guys this morning. Thanks, man. And and what's great for what Leighton and I are seeing, um, our podcast listeners won't see it as close. Maybe there'll be a photo on the Market Street Media uh, uh, Instagram account later. But Jesse is in full garb this morning. He's in the Yellow Tux. And of course, you're known for the Yellow Tux. Jesse, talk about where the Yellow Tux came from. <laughs> it's become my uniform. You know, I played baseball my whole life. And, you know, when I put on my uniform, I knew it was game time. And, you know, with what we do with here, at the Savannah Bananas, we've realized that we're not in the baseball business. We're in the entertainment business. And if I'm helping lead that show, I need to look the part and wear the part. And uh, so this is my uniform. It is the yellow tux. And, you know, I got inspiration from P.T. Barnum, one of my biggest mentors. And uh, I rock it. I know when I'm wearing this, it's time to deliver fun and deliver a little bit of craziness and, and uh, have a good time doing it. So this is my outfit. I wear it any time that I am, uh, you know, working. And I, it's hard to even call this work, but uh, so I'm wearing it all the time. That's awesome, man. Um, so just for those who don't know you, just give us a, a quick a background on your story and where you come from. Let's see if I do the 90 second whole entire life story. Yes. Uh, Yes. Played baseball, tore my shoulder. That ended my career in college. Uh, looked into going coaching. Wasn't that interested in it because um, I wanted to. I didn't enjoy watching baseball as much as I did playing baseball. So I said, how can I make it fun? I got an opportunity to be a GM of a team in Gastonia, North Carolina, one of the lowest performing teams in the country. Only uh, a couple hundred fans coming to the games, $268 in the bank account. And uh, we were struggling. So I said, what could we do differently? And I called the owner of the team and I said, we're no longer going to be a baseball team. It's going to be a circus. And we started having dancing players, grandma beauty pageants. I got in the dunk tank, started serving donut dogs, donut burgers, and people started paying attention to us. And lo and behold, started drawing 1,000, 2,000 fans and uh, ended, up, ended up buying that team. Uh, a few years ago, sold that team when we had a bigger opportunity in Savannah, Georgia, and went there. And uh, professional baseball were there for 90 years. And uh, it failed. Uh, no one was coming to the games. The team left town. I uh, got a brand new stadium built in another city and we came in and were the next team to fail. And we only sold two tickets in the first couple months. It was very painful. Uh, in January 2016, I got a phone call on Friday at 4.45 p.m. in the afternoon that we had overdrafted our account. We were completely out of money. My wife and I didn't know what to do. 
she looked at me and said, uh, we have to sell our house. And it was that point that we sold our house just four years ago, emptied out our savings account. We're living on an airbed um, because we were marketing like everyone else. We were too scared to go too crazy when we first came to Savannah. And we knew we had to get the attention of everyone else. So we named the team the Savannah Bananas, came up with a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas. Uh, we started to come up with a male cheerleading team called the Mananas. We had a mascot named Split. We started doing breakdancing first base coaches, and we started going all in on the fans' first experience. And lo and behold, after those two tickets were sold the first six months, <laughs> we ended up selling out every single game. And uh, now we have a wait list for tickets in the thousands. And my wife and I are, are sleeping on a real bed. So it's come full circle. So that is that is the story. And uh, as quick as I can give it. No, that was great. And I mean, you you touched on right there. I mean, the, the premise of the show is marketing that works. So again, it's tools, tips, and tactics. And I think the reason we wanted to tell your story to a lot of the marketers and business owners that listen to this show is because you're doing it differently. And you talk about standing out and you talk about doing the opposite. Can you talk about that philosophy of marketing that works from your perspective because you've been a practitioner for years now. So just go deeper into the, the, the philosophy. Well, it became very clear to us with failing. You know, I look at failure as discovery. And I'll tell you, those first six months in Savannah, we discovered more than I ever could imagine. We were marketing like everyone else. We were doing e-newsletters. We were doing uh, newspaper advertising, radio advertising, and just saying that we're here, we're here, we're here. Well, why should anybody care? It wasn't until we first have to get people's attention. You have to get the eyes and ears of your customers. And so we started thinking more about an attention plan, not a marketing plan. And the plan wasn't how can we sell more? It was how can we add value? How can we create something fun? How can we do a better experience? We looked at what do people hate about anything. In baseball, it's too long, it's too slow, it's too boring. Um, you get nickel and dimed. And we said, how can we do the opposite of that? So how can we make it nonstop fun and entertainment? And how can we create an all-inclusive ticket that includes everything? And we started making our whole model of stop doing what people hate. And we call it eliminate the aggravate. And so we eliminated that and started to focus on just providing entertainment. And for us, it's very simple. Our business is fans first entertainment. And how can we always be fans first? And how can we entertain always? And it's easy. The definition of entertainment is to provide enjoyment or to provide amusement. Isn't every business in the entertainment business? So our goal as marketing is how can we entertain? How can we not ask people to buy how can we just entertain? And if you create fans, they will find ways to buy. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I love I love that entire philosophy. And I think, um, again, you know, you and I have talked about it, but I work at Bristol Motor Speedway. And in this part of the world, you know, a lot of people know us for customer service and, and entertainment. But I think we've taken the cues from people like you who've said, you know, because we have the same thing. We have a traditional media budget. We have an advertising budget. And we're spending against it. And I keep asking the question all the time, is this the way to get people's attention in this day and age? Um, I wanted to ask selfishly, Jesse, how do you focus? Because, you know, knowing I know you have idea paloozas, you have all these different. So, I mean, really what you're looking at is you have marketing idea sessions, you have ideation sessions all the time. But I know that those are fans first, they're customer first. But then how do you lead the team to focus down to what you feel like is going to make an impact? Well, I, I think everything's based on experiments. So we've learned, um, you know, it's okay to put things out there without knowing exactly what's going to happen. If your goal for us is to entertain always and to provide things to provide fun, then really nothing is a complete failure. So how do we stay focused? 
Um, when we do idea paloozas, uh, they have a theme, you know, so we will, we'll theme like the one, last one we did was the most ridiculous night in sports. We're planning one night. That's going to be the most ridiculous night in sports. And there's some ideas that <laughs> are unimaginable that we were talking about. Um, and so we theme them out on Friday. We're talking about off season videos that we can do with our office staff. So, and everyone will bring two to three ideas as a pitch session and we'll go through it. And no, there's no such thing as a bad idea. There's no skunking allowed. If someone has an idea that's ridiculous. You can't just, you know, tell them it's terrible. We, have, we, we usually joke, how can we make that idea even worse? Because sometimes the worst idea can actually be a great idea. But then we just start experimenting. So the focus question is, focus is, is always a challenge. But um, when you have an idea and you're very clear on your vision, and our vision is to be fans first and entertain always, we always know we're trying to create things that the fans would want to see that isn't about selling. And I'm so adamant about this that we don't put things out buy, 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 because people turn that off. That's a friction point. And that's why we eliminate all those things. So that's why we don't have any hidden fees or convenience fees or ticket fees. That's why we eliminated shipping charges, which is crazy. And that's why this year, which we haven't announced yet, but I'll share, we're about to announce in a month that we eliminated all advertising at our ballpark. We're going to be the first ad-free stadium in the world. Because wow. Again, that is not fans first. And no ads actually entertain. We're going to be all about the entertainer. We're going all in. And so it makes it clear when we know what we're trying to do. So uh, can you talk about that a little bit more? Like what's going to, are you going to, are you going to do the walls? Is it going to be more like a theme park now? Like, is it sort <laughs> of like, is the, are the walls going to be themed? Are the concourse is going to be themed when you don't, you know, you're used to seeing advertising, but. So I know you guys can see me. So this is my idea book from this past year. I have a new one in my notebook. And, and, and it's yellow, it, by the way, for all our listeners out there. Yeah, so I'm showing it. Yeah, yellow idea book. So every day, every year, we we uh, every day I write down ten ideas, and part of that is I look at what can we do now, but what can we do in a year from now, two years from now. I'm a couple of years ahead in the idea. So to give you an example, on on the stadium, uh, we're looking at phases. You want to continue that attention plan, not to go all of it at once. So we're going to go smaller, simpler this year, and I haven't announced it yet, but. Um, let's put it this way. The, the, the wall in a 1926 ballpark is not about the ads and the businesses. It's about the state, the history of the stadium, and it's about the fans. Hmm. So we are continuing to look at how can we make the wall and the stadium go back to the history and go back to the fans. And so we're going to do a phase one this year that gives a little bit back to the history and a little bit back to the fans. That one of those pieces is something that I don't think anyone's been able to do at a ballpark that we're allowing the fans to do this year. So that is how we're we're looking at it and what what was what will be remarkable you know how do you remarkable is are people willing to remark about it and that's where we're trying to create remarkable you wouldn't believe moments and so that's how we think about our marketing and more not about our marketing but the experience that we want to provide for our fans Jesse how do you have the endurance cuz i know you're like the announcer in the stadium as well i mean how do you keep i know and i know you know you guys but i know you're trying to do more with Grayson Stadium but I know you're out there as the announcer and everything. I mean, how do you, you, I mean, I think it's probably a rhetorical question. You love what you do, but, um, I've, I've always asked that because I think that's the thing you're looking for in workers and in staff members and team members all the time is the passion to have the stamina to go through the events. But you know, what fuels you, what, what excites you about that? So about two years ago, I started doing uh, my energy list. And I realized I'd have some days that I was full of energy at the end of the days and some days that I was exhausted. And I started just reflecting. And, you know, I get up every morning at 4.30 and I, 
I write a thank you letter, and then I write in my journal, I write my ideas, I read, I do that before the day starts for most people, and because that gives me energy. But I started reflecting in my writing, I was like, why am I not in energy? And I realized that I was either putting up fires or dealing with de details and nuances and operational things that that's just not my specialty. And so I started writing out what gives me energy. And it was very simple for me, it was creating, sharing, and growing. Creating was coming up with new ideas, new promotions, new concepts, growing, reading, listening to podcasts, going to conferences, and then sharing is right. Like right now, this is giving me energy, sharing our story, sharing value, sharing things that I can help others, uh, being on stage. So what I realized well, you know, on the field, if I'm on the field, if I'm on the mic, if I'm in the crowd, that fires me up. That gives me energy. I can do that till 10, 11 o'clock at night and I have more energy because I'm done with it. It's when I'm doing other things like fixing little details around the stadium uh, that wears me out. And so I just very clear. And then the things that I'm not good at, which is a lot, <laughs> we have great people that that those things give them energy, that love the details, that love the nuances, that love going around the ballpark, fixing things. So I think everybody, every company, every person should do an energy list. And at the end of the day, what are those things that gives them energy? And then look at their calendar. Are they doing things that give them energy? Are they doing things to take away and figure out a way to change their calendar? And it'll, it, it gives me energy all the time. And that's awesome. And I hate to go another direction. You got a, Leighton has a question. I do. Hey, Jesse, I'm just, I'm wondering what y'all do is, is so, um, uh, you do what you do so well and it's, uh, and you have the platform to, uh, to go big with what you do. Um, there are people who, um, you know, maybe don't have a ton of influence in their organization yet, or who are running a small business day to day, kind of like when you all were getting started where, you know, one second you're you're paying bills, and the next second you're taking out trash, and just all the all the 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 balls that a small business owner has to juggle. So, how do you start to uh, to to think of your fans first, and how do you start to do things that are truly in a complete different direction than than what is normal? Well, so there's two questions. Are you are you asking in the sense of someone in an organization that maybe not be at the top? How can they start doing it, or just how does the overall organization start doing it? Yeah, I did ask two questions there. Uh, <laughs> let's just say somebody who, who may not have a, uh, a ton of influence just yet, somebody inside the organization. Okay, um, this just happened last week. So bring an idea and implement it yourself. So what I mean by that is we just had an intern start with us two weeks ago, and we're very intentional on onboarding. We really wanna go through the whole process with them, make them feel like they matter. And so within the first hour, he's sitting down with me and my wife, the other owner, Emily, for an hour, and he's an intern. And at the end of the interview, I say, hey, you've been watching us. You've been going through this process with us. You're with us now. What are some ideas that you have that could be fans first or that could create a great experience here? And this uh, young intern, Austin, you know, still in college, he says, uh, well, you know, I know how you guys make thank you calls to every single person that buys merchandise or buys tickets. I think that's great, but I think it could be more fun. I go, really? Go ahead. <laughs> and he goes, well, I, I think... Uh, what if instead of just saying a thank you, what if it was like a rap or a song? I go, I love that. I go, we already do lots of songs during our games. And he goes, oh, yeah, I thought that'd be a good idea. I go, it is a great idea. At the end of the day, you're going to do one. And he goes, what? And he goes, well, no, at, at the end of the day, you're going to you're going to write a rap and you're going to perform it to a fan. And he goes, no way. And I go, yes, he goes, but I'm, I'm kind of awkward. I'm socially awkward. I'm not good at this. I go, you're perfect. It's, it's Austin, the awkward bananas rapper, the bananas awkward rapper. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, okay. So then all day he started just writing this, writing and working on it, working on it. And finally, at the end of the day, he was nervous and scared. So just do it. I go, what's the worst thing going to happen? They're going to hang up. I mean, they're going to laugh. They don't want to answer the phone. He goes, okay. And he did it. 
and it's like, hey, this is uh, the bananas, Austin, the bananas, awkward rapper here to fill your day with fun, joy and laughter. And he started going into this rap and it was it was great. And he did it. And he was like, that was pretty fun. And now every day he's working on making the rap a little better. He's ch doing different ones. He's challenged. He's changing it up. And he's got like two pages of ridiculous, weird raps that he does. And he's got into the action. So how do you do it? He came up with an idea and we empowered him to actually implement it. And now right away in our culture, you know, if you have an idea, don't be afraid. We're going to put it out there and try it. And I think that's how a company should be built on, on ideas and experiments and doing things differently and letting your people experience it. And that's what we're trying to build here. That's a great that's a great idea, too, just from I'm thinking about our on hold loop or something else is that there's a really like Uber conference. I don't know if you've ever been on an Uber yes. conference. It's a, yes. And they've yeah. got a guy. It was actually the owner of the company, I think, recorded the song that yeah. you're you're waiting music. And it's just like, we're so sorry you're on this awkward waiting, you know, and it's just funny. But you tell the next person about it. Yes, I'll go exactly into that same thing. So we look at if you want to start for an organization, you look at um, what are all the boring things, the normal, the mundane, all right, that in your organization, whether it's your email signature, your voicemail, your hold music, and how do you make it fun and different and stand out? So we started this a few years ago. So our hold music, and I would say once every two weeks, someone calls and just asks to be put on hold. It's the weirdest, funniest thing <laughs> in the world. And we, we put them on hold. And the song is just the, the kid's song. Ring, 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 banana phone. And people just want to hear the hold music, which is so silly. And then we had one of our interns last year who could sing a little bit. Um, she sang the song, uh, Savannah, na, na, na. You've reached the Savannah, bananas, na, na, na. Please leave your message at the... And she gives the whole song to the, Camila Caballo. And that's our voicemail right now. And so you look at those boring things, those mundane things, the things that people don't talk about, and you throw the unexpected, the different, and the fun. And that's why our pregame announcements, every game, uh, we go out there and smoking is prohibited inside Grayson Stadium. So please take <laughs> it outside. There's a place in the front to smoke if you want. Thank you for all your cooperation. She sings that before the game. And oh, so it's, it's part of, I think that's a very simple way that an organization can look to stand out is look at all those normal things that people just don't even like, they don't pay attention to, or even they aggravate and how do you make them fun. And Leighton, I want to go back to your kind of second question, but I want to ask it because you and I have talked about this because you're a financial planner and, um, but Jesse, you tell this great story about, I think a real estate and no, a, a building company that you worked with, but I think this could be implemented for any business. And I would love to hear you kind of talk about how anybody could take these ideas and bring them to life in any form of business. Sure. And, you know, we've been fortunate. We've been just doing this crazy way out of necessity. I mean, we were we were struggling. We were failing. We were down to our last dollar and we just started trying things and we've learned a few. So as we share this, I'm just impressed by the companies that start really applying some of the ideas. So, yeah, it was a couple of years ago and I was uh, speaking about the fans first way and you know how to create the experience. And uh, there was a business owner in the back just taking notes like crazy. And I was like, all right, he's just he's going to be writing something else. This is crazy. He's taking so many notes. And uh, he said, we love what you guys are doing. We're going to take this into organization. I go, awesome. I'd love to hear how it goes. And a couple months later, um, I was invited to hear him speak about what his organization was doing. And the next day after my talk, they met as a company and they developed their four phases of the home building experience. And so they, the first phase, you know, when you're signing the contract and then going through the build and then the, the, the closing, you know, which they turned into a celebration. And they mapped it and they got their whole team to come up with the ideas. And even they invited the spouses of the team members to come up with ideas. And, you know, they tried a lot of crazy things. I mean, they talked about doing mariachi bands at the signing and fireworks and a lot of it didn't didn't work. 
but they ended up just turning it, changing it. So what they did is, you know, now when you when you buy a house, the first thing you'll get is a, a video, which we send in our, our when people buy tickets. It's a video, like almost like a rap video of the whole team, just like throwing money around at the big pen, signing a contract and introducing the team. It's just really fun. And then you get an iPad with that video um, and with who's going to be working on your project with a wow. Yeti cooler, with these gifts. That's the first step of you're buying a home. It's like, wow, these people actually really care. And then they map the journey. They show videos, like selfie videos of, hey, we're pouring the concrete today. We're making progress. Because when anyone, you're building your house, one of the frustrations is, are they actually doing anything? So they just showed every step of the way that kept you in tune with what was going on. And then at the end, they have a red carpet and a ribbon cutting with champagne toast to celebrate going to your new home. And it is such a system that they've built that they completely map the experience of how do you create remarkable moments that are unlike the home building industry. And they've created some amazing stories about anniversary dinners that you wouldn't believe that have really spread. But that's the framework is, is map the experience to create you wouldn't believe moments. And that's what we try to think about is how do you get your people to say you wouldn't believe what happened at the stadium today. And that's that's all the marketing you need. That's why we are so fortunate to not spend any dollars on marketing right now. We spend everything on the experience. Man. Jesse, I could talk to you all day. I'm sure we both could because we need the advice and um, we just enjoy talking to you. So, um, but we want to give you this time. Um, what's going on in your life? What's going on with the team? What's going You got more books, more speeches. Um, how can people stay in touch? I know I love your weekly email newsletter because it's short, it's concise, and it gives some great things. But just, you know, before we head out, um, is there anything out there that people can go pick up? Yeah, sure. I mean, you can find me if you search Yellow Touch. You can find me anywhere. But um, you know, yes, I have books, and I'm. I'm. I, my goal is to share content every day. But you know, I think that the the big takeaway is is you know, whatever you're learning, how can you share it with others? I was too scared. I wrote 159 blogs uh, before I posted my first one over two and a half years ago, and I just committed. I said I'm going to put something out every day that we're learning, and it doesn't have to be right for everyone. It's just what we're going through the process, and and what's happened in the last two and a half years, the opportunities to share and. Uh, obviously get on stages and uh, work with groups has been amazing. So um, you can find me very easily. I, I'm all over. And, and I always say if you have questions and just like you, Drew, you reached out about, you know, a few things and being on the show. And uh, I'd love to help because I was uh, so impacted when I was 25 years old. I read Mark Cuban's book overnight. I quickly read it. I sent him an email that morning and Mark Cuban wrote back within two hours and I was blown away. And so uh, I think the greatest leaders are givers. And uh, Mark was a giver and so many people have helped me along the way. So if people have questions on how to do anything to stand out in their business, uh, feel free to reach out and I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, man, you were, you've been so gracious with your time responding. I know a lot of team members at Bristol Motor Speedway have reached out to you as well. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I know Leighton and I uh, would love to keep friendship going with you because you, you've been a mentor in our life, uh, our lives, um, these past couple of years. And, and we appreciate everything that you're doing for the marketing community, but the business community, but also just, you know, guys like us who are, uh, you know, looking for great ideas. You're inspiring a lot of people out there. So thanks again for being on the podcast. And, um, we can't wait to talk to you again soon. I uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks for making such a difference. Yes, sir.